élimine les peurs de la planète entière. Dear love, rule out the fears from all who flee oppression. Tout puissant père, dry up their tears. Our Father, Mother God. Ta parole divine instaure l'harmonie. Your word establishes the rule of harmony. Parfaite, à tout jamais s'accomplit. Your goodness is revealed and here for all to see. Welcome to Seekers and Scholars, a podcast found at the intersection of spiritual quest and scholarly inquiry, coming to you from the Mary Baker Eddy Library in Boston and online at mbelibrary.org. I'm Jonathan Eder, host of Seekers and Scholars, and what you just heard at the top of the episode was the voice of Josette Flamand reciting the third verse of her poem, Migration, in a kind of dialogue with music of the French composer Gabriel Fauré. Fauré composed this piece, Le Cantique de Jean Racine, in the 19th century, and Josette's words speak to her experience in more contemporary times. They combine to form a new hymn with the title Above All Earthly Gain, and in French, Plutôt que tous les gains. In this episode, we are going to discuss the act of creation in Josette's work, what it meant for her as a writer. Her work stands out for many reasons, including how it is emblematic of important currents in contemporary hymn writing, its cross-cultural aspects, and its bridging of the traditional with the new. Also, we'll be visiting with Dr. Ryan Vigil, who played a central role in the development of a new volume of hymns for the Christian Science Church. Ryan is a composer and well-versed in what is going on in the vital and expansive world of contemporary hymn creation. So I'm so pleased to welcome to the podcast Josette Flamand. Hello et bonjour, Josette. Uh, bonjour, bonjour, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> well, it's, it's so wonderful to, to have you with us, and we look forward to exploring with you the inspiration, the music, all that went into, all the many variables that go into the work of creating a hymn. And I'm so pleased to have as my co-host for this episode, Dr. Ryan Vigil. Ryan is Associate Product Manager for the Christian Science Publishing Society and was instrumental in assembling and producing a new volume of hymns for the Christian Science Hymnal, in which Josette's piece now happily lives. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for co-hosting this podcast with me. Delighted to be here. It's, it's delightful to have you. Josette, I should tell you that Ryan gathered a small group of us this morning to sing the hymn, and I really enjoyed it. It settles sweetly into body and soul for me. So I'm so interested in your experience, in your inspiration in writing this work. What prompted the writing was first the music itself. Mm -hmm. uh, sometime before, I had sung this piece, Le Cantique de Jean Racine, by Gabriel Fauré, in the choir in my town. And I had loved the music. I, I had loved its amplitude, tenderness, and, and the reassuring feeling I felt in it. Mm -hmm. So when, when the Mother Church asked for new hymns, I thought immediately of that, of that music and I thought I, I would like to try and, and uh, put the words on it that I, I felt 
belong to it. Yeah. And and so the the words that uh, that came to me to express this uh, heavenly music were more like my prayer for getting closer to God. Initially, I wished to describe an, an experience of pure bliss in which I had felt very close to God, so close that the thought had come that I would not exchange this moment for anything, <laughs> not for a million dollars. So that's how I wrote the two first verses. Mm. But it's only after uh, writing them that the global outreach came about. I found uh, that the musical theme I had taken out from the foray chorale in order to make uh, two regular identical stanzas, because in, in the chorale it's, uh, there are several themes and, that uh, are related and, and uh, are not sung always by the same um, voices. The, the musical theme I had taken out to make uh, one stanza, it sounded uh, unfinished. Uh, one expects something more at the end. Then uh, I looked in the foray piece for a, a final musical line that uh, I could add to that stanza. And when I did that, the thought came clearly that I needed to embrace the world in my prayer. And the words came somewhat effortlessly again for the third stanza carried by the music. It, it was all very natural. Now the, the title itself, Migration, uh, came at a later time still. Mm. Uh, that was when I was asked to work on, a, on an English translation of the hymn. And by then, the migrants' crisis from Syria had reached a peak, you know, and I was very moved by the situation in the in the Mediterranean Sea. Mm -hmm. And I discovered that what I had written for the hymn, particularly in, in its English version, could help me pray for the plight of, of these uh, people. Mm -hmm. And so I named the po poem Migration. Altogether, it was an unfoldment almost outside of me. So, Ryan, you were so central to the development of this new volume of hymns for the Christian Science Hymnal, Hymns 430 to 603. And I'd love just to hear about uh, what were the qualities that you saw in Josette's hymn that made it something that you wanted to welcome into this, into this new hymnal? I was struck by Josette's discussion of the origin of this hymn because for her it began with the melody. You know, we, when we talk about words in music, we often talk about words being set to music. And that actually implies an order of operations. And the typical order of operations is that the words come first, mm -hmm. and then the music is shaped to the words. That's really what we mean when we say set to music. So I'm intrigued by the fact that it went in the other order in this case. Not surprised necessarily, but intrigued. I should say for myself as a composer, it goes the other way, where I I encounter words that inspire me, and I want to create the music that sort of embraces them properly. But especially knowing the original music that this is taken from, it's very easy to understand how this music could inspire 
the kind of poetry that Josette has created here. Because it is so sweeping and it is so engaging. So Josette, I'm, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but your piece has been showcased to some of the most eminent minds in contemporary uh, thinking about hymns. This took place uh, this past summer in St. Louis at the annual meeting of the Hymn Society in the United States and Canada. Were you aware of that, Josette? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Well, well, Ryan, if you wouldn't mind just sort of taking us to that uh, assembly of people who are deeply invested and and very, very learned in, in the subject of, of hymnody and, and the presentation you gave about the new hymnal and then um, how you showcase uh, this particular hymn as part of that. Sure. Yeah. You know, one of the privileges of, of my position is that something I get to do every year is go to the annual conference of the Hymn Society. And it's a gathering of some of the some of the leading hymn scholars, hymn writers, um, musicians, poets, and those who study hymns throughout, frankly, not just the United States and Canada, but there are attendants from other parts of the world as well. So it's a wonderful opportunity to get together with people who are at the top of this field and who really love hymns and, and, and know a lot about hymns. And I was struck, incidentally, recently I had a chance to go through some materials in the uh, Mary Baker Eddy Library that were related to other music-related um, projects that have taken place over the years. And the relationship with, between the Christian Science Publishing Society and the Hymn Society goes back several decades, mm. um, which is something that I, I, I was sort of aware that there may have been loose connections, but in fact there's a very close connection that goes back a very long time. So we had the opportunity at this past summer's conference to put together a little presentation about this new hymnal, the Christian Science hymnal, hymns 430 to 603, to provide a little bit of background and and all of that. But actually, mostly, the way I was thinking about it, as someone who had a chance to work on many of these hymns and, and knew them quite intimately, it was a, a privileged opportunity to get to sing many mm. of these hymns yeah. with a group of people who love hymns, wonderful <laughs> musicians, so just ready to appreciate what we were placing before them. And yes, one of the hymns that we sang there was uh, was this. It's hymn 432, Above All Earthly Gain. Um, and Josette, I can tell you that this hymn was very well received. Well, of course they loved the music. They knew the music. <laughs> yeah. We knew they'd love the music. But they really did appreciate um, the poetic content here. Yeah. So Josette, would you like to hear our effort at your singing your hymn th this morning? We'd, we'd love to share it with you. To, I, I, uh, I hate to hear you saying your hymn. Uh, that's, uh, for me, it's, uh, you know, Foray's hymn. And, and uh, uh, I... That embarrasses me. Okay. <laughs> to hear this hymn to which you meaningfully have contributed.
So just that, I'm just so fascinated. What, what does it mean to you to hear people embracing your, your words and singing them uh, to, this, to this music by G- Gabrielle Foray? What does it mean when you hear others taking hold of what you've, you've provided for them? Well, it makes me very, very happy. You know, I, I am in awe uh, and, and also, and also um, extremely grateful for the inspiration that I had received uh, because I am myself second and third generation migrants to France. Mm. On my father's side, my grandparents were, were Jewish, having come to Paris from Romania and Lithuania. Mm-hmm. And that was before the First World War. And um, on my mother's side, my, my mother uh, migrated herself as a teenager from Algeria with her Spanish father and French mother. Wow. And, and that was during um, the interval between the two world wars. And, and during the Second World War, at a v- very difficult time, that's when she first knew of Christian science. Mm-hmm. And then my, my parents met in a church not long after my father had returned safe from concentration camp in, in Germany oh, wow. by the end of the Second World War. Uh, he had known um, Christian science a little before, and uh, he said it, it helped him. He, he, well, he, he probably was saved during those two years and a half of a concentration camp by Christian science. It, it was new. Christian science was new for him, but uh, he, it was his lifeline, really. Mm. I don't know if he sung hymns, uh, if he remembered hymns, but I know he, he had a little notebook where he wrote sentences of science and health that, that he remembered uh, because he had no books. So um, my parents met there in, in uh, Second Church Paris, and it's in France that they started a family with my brother and I. Mm-hmm. And, and from the beginning... Having gone, gone through so much, they, they, they both gave all their heart to Mary Beccaridi's discovery and to her church. When I think of it, ra- rather than, than in France, you could say our parents built their common home and love in the land of Christian science. Mm-hmm. That's really where we grew up. And I can add that although the living conditions were quite difficult when we were little in the post-war years, uh, I recall there was happiness and, and a lot of him singing in, a, in our <laughs> home. Uh, yeah. My mother singing to us douce présence or, mm. or gen- gentle presence. Yeah. Uh, when, when we were not feeling right, uh, that's a very vivid uh, memory. Mm. Well, it's, it's lovely to hear that, that backstory. Josette. It's funny, I just reflect on, on my experience this morning singing those words of, of yours to that, that wonderful music by Gabrielle Fauré. And although I didn't know anything of that backstory at the time, it all makes sense with what I was feeling this morning. I felt this, this care for those troubled parts of myself, for those uncertain parts of myself while singing, singing those words, that music, and the kind of confidence and strength that came out of it. So... Thanks for me personally uh, for that experience um, th- this morning, Josette. And I, I'm just curious, Ryan, you know, when you hear a personal story like that behind a, a hymn, uh, is, is that kind of a constant with, with many of these works that there's this extraordinary experience 
that has given birth by an individual to the words that, that, um, that we sing. It's interesting. Although you don't need to know the backstory, it can be helpful and it can be interesting. What it tells me or what it says to me is that uh, behind these words, there's an experience, there's a feeling of gratitude, there's a love for God, mm-hmm. and the depth of that experience that lies behind these words lends a kind of authenticity mm-hmm. to the words. Yes, um, right. Even if you don't know the backstory, the words nevertheless carry that authenticity. They carry right. that weight. And because they're built on that, um, that sense of humility and that sense of gratitude, they, they do connect with us directly, even if we don't know the backstory. Yeah. So, Josette, we decided we wanted to launch this episode in December because we felt that the, the themes of your words and, and the feeling of this hymn were very much appropriate to the Christmas story, thinking about the Mary and Joseph and Jesus in an unsettled time, migrating themselves and, and looking for, for sanctuary and, and refuge, that it, it really fit the season. What would be your Christmas wish for your hymn? My Christmas wish would be that all of us everywhere, we find the liberty to feel and to be what we truly are, the dear, precious children of God, dwelling safely in, in his or her goodness. And that's what the foray music tells me. It speaks to me of our heavenly home. You said that the, the words carry, of course, uh, mm. a story or something. I find that the music carries it too. The words are, are already in the music. It's, it's as if they, they just needed to be discovered there. Mm-hmm. Josette, thank you for participating in this podcast with us and for your work. Um, merci beaucoup. <laughs> uh, ça m'a fait beaucoup de bien de chanter uh, vos paroles ce matin. Merci. <laughs> Which is to say, I, um, it gave me a, 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 a lot of joy to sing her words this morning. Thank you very much. And thank you too, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Seekers and Scholars, in which we looked at contemporary hymn writing, exploring the theme of migration and refuge in the hymn Above All Earthly Gain, or in French, Plutôt que tu les gains. Our guests were the author of the hymn text, Josette Flamand, and Dr. Ryan Vigil, who played a key role in the project to develop a new volume of hymns for the Christian Science Church. Please join us for the next episode of Seekers and Scholars on women's voices in Mormon and Christian science history, commonalities and differences. Our guest is Dr. Jennifer Reeder, 19th century women's history specialist in the Church History Department of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Dr. Reeder was a fellow at the Mary Baker Library in 2010. While here, she researched women's testimonials in the early history of the Christian Science Church. As a comparative study with women's testimony during the 19th and early 20th century in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Reader is co-author of The Witness of Women, 
firsthand experiences and testimonies from the Restoration. Here at Seekers and Scholars, we are very interested in hearing from our listeners. We very much value your thoughts, suggestions, and observations on our podcast. We encourage you to be in touch with us by emailing podcast at mbelibrary.org. That's podcast at mbelibrary.org. I'm Jonathan Eder. Thank you for listening to Seekers and Scholars. This podcast is produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Copyright 2018.